0: Welcome. My name is Lester S. Duplich M.D., and welcome to my podcast. I'm an academic physiatrist and division director in physical medicine rehabilitation with a keen interest and over 25 years of experience in musculoskeletal medicine practice, the woodshed. Welcome to episode two, entitled Entrepreneurship and Medicine, where I have a special guest, Dr. Jeremy Geerman. All right, so... Uh, now in the woodshed, we have the great, great chance to speak to someone who's out in practice, who is a physiatrist, who is both in the academic realm, but also on his own as an entrepreneur. And so this is Dr. Jeremy Geerman, D.O., who I know very well, but we're going to let him give you an opportunity to kind of introduce himself. And what I always ask, Jeremy, is how did we meet? Let's explain to the listeners how we became, you know, acquainted and how we work together.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm a Dayton, Cincinnati, Ohio guy. Um, And so I trained um, throughout the course of undergrad, medical school, residency, all in Ohio. And residency was, in fact, at UC. We've got the logo on the breast uh, pocket there. And um, so that's where I met uh, Dr. D here. He was a mentor of mine. Um, And at the time, I don't know if there's been any sort of context to this point, but uh, you maintained a private practice and had since um, uh, assumed the leadership role within the PMO department at the university there. But I met you first when you were still in private practice. When I was a resident, we were rotating within the university and with physicians who would allow us to hang out and just get uh, a, a taste of what things were like within their practice. And, you know, it was uh, really interesting uh, to get to see that side of things. And we'll talk more about how that had an influence on what I'm doing now um, in private practice. But that's when we first met, I I guess it was maybe second year of residency, something like that.
0: So that's interesting, because I completely forgot about that. I forgot that when you were kind of rotating with me. I was still not part of the university completely. I was in my own private practice, kind of. And again, this was solo private practice as a rehab doctor, just kind of me an M.A. and a front office person. So yeah, so that's cool.
1: You know, and I have to tell you, I, and I don't mean to springboard too quickly into. Uh, uh, Topics that might not be of interest to some people, but it's a really important point. Um, that I had met you when you were in private practice, and you just described your clinic setup uh, being, you know, a solo provider, um, having limited staff. And um, even though I had just a small glimpse of that in the form of your practice during residency. It was enough, uh, meaning that even though our practices, my practice now and uh, what was your private practice are are quite different, there are similarities. Um, I saw just enough to uh, be able to uh, have some degree of confidence that I could uh, do what in fact I wanted to do, which was private practice, which was a little bit of a different setup from what I was otherwise seeing and being told could be done. Um, and you know, when you start something like that, of course, you're not taught any of that throughout the course of medical residency. You're not taught about the business of medicine or, you know, any of that. So the big question was, well, how the heck do I do this? And you know, when I decided, when I committed, uh, to that idea, I thought, okay, I guess I need an exam bed and a phone. And I guess that's about it to get started, you know, and it's just kind of figure it out. So, um, having been able to see that and then of course the other big thing that i'm sure we'll talk more about also is that um you did a lot of ultrasound medicine and that's the mainstay of what i do also so having just been able to taste it sample it there uh, in your practice that was really the the one uh springboard for me to go all in on ultrasound i really didn't have any exposure any other exposure from anyone else so it's just kind of a neat example of how You know, you sort of ping pong around in life and you meet certain people and you have certain experiences and, you know, maybe this podcast will be an example of that for someone They hear just what they need to hear in order to be able to, with confidence, move forward towards something that has been, you know, towards that itch, something that's been pulling at them.
0: And for those listeners who, I I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea. Um, I don't want you to think that Jeremy came to my office and then suddenly was just god smacked and then became an entrepreneur. Um, I was amazed to find out, I remember looking at your car, you had like a little Ford Focus or something at the time and you had- (laughs) still have it. Oh, okay. (laughs) He's he's a thrifty guy too, which I love. Um, You had your personalized license plate with your company name on it. And I remember thinking, wait, this guy's like a PGY2 resident. But he's already got his own healthcare company. How, how bold is that? And um, of course, as an older physician, that didn't really scare me. I wasn't thinking, wow, this guy is going to fail. He's trying to juggle too many balls. But I thought, wow. I wish I would have had the foresight at his age to know kind of what I wanted to do and to kind of bend my career around that. So I always looked up to you. I remember you you were saying, yeah, I've got this protein powder I'm about to put on the market. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody says that. <laughs> uh, and then sure enough, you know, we're like, hey, this tastes pretty good. Um, yeah. But I had no part in all of that stuff you were already doing, which was great. And so I think it's also important to know that You can't expect to have just one mentor in your career. You're going to have many, many, many mentors. You're going to have people, you know, some of your mentors are not even going to be in your career. They might be your pastor of your church. They might be, you know, the guy who works down, you know, at REI or whatever, but you're going to have lots of mentors and you can learn from a lot of different people. But one of the things I want to ask you was, you know, you did something very unconventional by starting your own healthcare company while you were still in training as a resident physician. You know, what gave you the drive to do that? That's not something that an average resident does. Average resident says, I'm going to do what's necessary here and I'm going to go get some sleep.
1: You know, um, I think about this a lot um, because uh, this this question kind of comes about also when you have employees and you're trying to convey the mission to them and also motivates the wrong word. But but motivate them. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of what drives people to do things. That's something I'm very interested in. To start in medical school, the first, when you saw that inertia on my license plate, um, I actually only had a nutritional supplement company. I had started that in medical school. And nutritional supplements and nutrition in general, really nutrition and exercise is what led me to medicine. And you get into medicine, you realize oh, they don't really teach this at all or focus on this at all. And, and anyway, I just stayed true to that interest, uh, nutritional supplementation being part of that. But then I realized, I, I became pretty familiar with the industry and realized that um, I just wouldn't feel good about recommending certain products unless I absolutely knew how they were formulated, what was in the products. And so I said, well, there's only one way to do that. So I started the nutritional supplement company. And the ultimate goal was, in fact, to um, to merge that with uh, a practice uh, which we've now done and you know I, when I think about what inspired me to do that um, I, I think it's one of these things where we sometimes fool ourselves and say that I went into this career because I sat down with a legal pad and I was trying to decide what could lead to the greatest beneficence or you know what what would be the my highest calling and, and frankly I think a lot of times it's just sort of a natural evolution of the things that you compel. In fact, I remember being in a medical school conference. I was kind of interested in PM. I was interested in PM and R, but I was a medical student at a student conference. And somebody asked me, uh, why are you interested in PM and R? And I took pause. In fact, a long pause. I didn't have anything to say. I just said, you know, I don't know. They said, you got to figure out a better answer that before you start interviews, you know. (laughs) But, you know, it was um, just it was all of it coming together. Once um, I, I've always uh, had a fascination with um, delivering healthcare in a certain way, and I just wasn't seeing that. And I think that a lot of what motivates people is when your idea of how things should be or could be doesn't align with what you're seeing, doesn't align with the reality that you're seeing. And so I just kind of always marched toward that, you know, towards something. And you're told no along the way or you're told this is the way we do things. And I think the other thing is I started to realize also that there really aren't any rules. You know, as a, I always kind of uh, reflect on how when I was a kid, I loved to watch the Cincinnati Reds and, and, you know, the Bengals also. And I thought that, you know, these are men, mature men who have got it all figured out. As is the rest of the adult world, they've all got it all figured out and then you get a little bit older and you realize, wait a minute, those men that play these sports, they're kind of still kids and these other adults that are running these businesses, they don't really know what they're doing and you know it's not as worked out as, as uh, you know we I used to think. So um, once you start to realize those things, you start to get a bit of clarity in terms of what's possible. And um, you know allowing for the things that are in your head to come to fruition.
0: Awesome. One more question before we go to a break. Um, and I, this is a unique question for you because you are you, you know you're one of our teachers in the residency program, but you also have your own practice, you have employees, you know the pressure of I've got to help these people, I've got to pay the bills. Uh, you know, I pay myself last. That's very different. You're not taught that in medical school. And, you know, you, you might get that in business school, to be honest. How do you balance that? How do you balance the still wanting to be there to teach young people? I mean, they never pay you enough to teach. We all know that it's gotta be something that you love, but how do you find yourself balancing that?
1: You know, that's another interesting one. I, I can't say that, um, You know, it's funny, whenever I hear people dispense advice um, again, your perceptions don't always match reality. And sometimes I'll hear people talk about how, you know, you got to have all your priorities straight and then you see that person kind of deviating or, you know, uh, time management is the most important thing and they seem to waste a lot of time on. So I don't know if I always feel comfortable dispensing advice, but I'll, I'll, you know, as it applies to how I've managed to navigate that, um, you know, frankly, initially not very well. Um, you know, when you're starting a business, you work seven days a week, um, and you are everything. You are taking out the trash. You're uh, coordinating patients, figuring out how to work the back end, figuring out how to, you know, all of it, and um, and it's hard to manage because, like you said, nobody ever teaches you how to do that, and there is no rule book, and there, there everybody takes a different path. Um, but eventually, you start to prioritize things and you start to figure things out and once you have the resources to do so you start to surround yourself with good people you start to delegate so i think one of my strengths is that i have no problem saying what i'm not good at and there's a lot that i'm not good at you know Uh, for example one of the most important parts of business is the, the bookkeeping you know tracking the numbers i hate it i absolutely hate it so You know now we have a gal that does it for us Um, i've learned from her and you know that's what it's all about is this continual learning uh with people building a good team around you you know and the other thing i'll say is that when i first started i heard someone say uh maybe another entrepreneur say that you ought to say yes to everything because that leads to this opportunity and another opportunity and that was my thing i would say yes to any you want to give a talk? Yeah, I'll give a talk. You want to go on to yeah, trip? Everything, but that only that can only last so long. And now I've kind of done a 180. It's say no to everything unless it really aligns with your mission, your purpose. Um, you know, because of course, as we all know, time is the most valuable asset, and the further along you get, the more you appreciate that. So it's a continual thing i still struggle with it it's one of the things that i probably do struggle with the most because as i absolutely love what i do and i would not change it for the world Um, it is asterisk it is a lot of work um you know but it's again they say you know if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life i really feel like that the days that i'm in the clinic you know frankly i can remember back there were plenty of rotations in medical school I could not wait until the end of the day. I just didn't enjoy it, you know, and that's okay. Um, But I have things situated in a way that I love the people I'm around, that I work with. I love my patient population, the way we have things structured. It really doesn't feel like work. And um, so even though I put in a lot of hours, um, I'm happy to be able to do so.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you always give me a hard time on my age and stuff like that, but it's, (laughs) it's one of those things where... You know, at my age, I I think I finally have it figured out that I have things exactly the way that I want them, and I don't think about it. I love going to work. I tell people I'm smiling on the way to work, um, just looking forward to what the day is going to bring me. Where I think early on it was like, oh my gosh, I've got this kind of procedure today, and I'm nervous about it. I've got this, I've got that, and that kind of nervousness is great, but you know you mentioned something that we talk about a lot and that's you know this whole growth mindset and once you realize you don't know everything but you're capable of learning anything whether it's business whether it's the clinical part it really makes a huge difference so great so we're going to take a very quick break because we have been kind of honing in on some things and i'm sure some people's heads are spinning a little bit so we're going to have a little bit of fun and we talked a little bit about how you teased me about my age probably every birthday every chance to get so we're gonna play a game called who's older okay so this game is called who's older and jeremy i have to admit i don't know how old you are 36 Uh, 36 yeah that
1: didn't ruin the game did it
0: no it didn't ruin the game because here's the game we're each going to and i'm 58 so Mm -hmm. here's what we're gonna do uh it's called who's older so here's your first question who's older you or jennifer lawrence
1: oh don't ask me these questions i'm one of these (laughs) guys i can barely a lot of the my teammates they're they're trying to keep me up with all the celeb news i don't know who anybody is jennifer you said jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence yeah is she the um hungering games
0: hunger games yes okay great actress
1: You know, you start to think they're all, you know, older. Then you learn they're all younger. She's younger, I'm guessing.
0: She's younger. She's 31. Okay. Okay. Now here's your next one. Me or Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. He's 60. All right. Okay. Here's one you'll love. You (laughs) or Joey Votto?
1: Oh, man. I'm older for sure.
0: No. Joey Votto is 38.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. He's that yeah. far into his contract. Yeah, okay. I
0: didn't know that either. He's been around a while. Yeah. All right. Me or Tom Cruise? Uh,
1: uh, um. Let's uh, say roundabout. Maybe you. Is he mid-50s? Tom Cruise.
0: He's 59.
1: He's 59, okay. He's got
0: me by a year. <laughs> okay, here's your last one. You may not know this guy because you... I thought you loved movies, but you are Jeremy Renner you know Jeremy Renner's? I know. No, it's, Renner. no, it's Jeremy Renner. Okay. All right. Well, anyways.
1: What, what, what movie?
0: He's been a lot of really good movies. The Hurt Locker. Um, he's done some of the Mission Impossible movies. He's got a new series on right now. I think it's uh, whatever. Wait,
1: let, me, let me tell you something else. Um, wh- this is something that, uh, again, our teammates are always giving me and my wife, Randy a hard time about. We don't have a functional TV. Okay. So they're uh-huh. talking about movies and TV shows. You, you ask one of the ways in which, you know, I started down, couldn't watch TV, didn't have time for it. So, right. you know, that doesn't mean I'm like totally lame when right. I'm not up with all the movie characters and this sort of thing, you know, the actors, but, um, but anyway, so any he's movie older recommendations. Than you. He, he's yeah. older than you. Uh, okay, here's, here's the last one for me. Yeah.
0: And I think you'd like this one. Me or Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vetter. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie so Vedder. One, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: that's my, No, I'm my older. Knowledge. He's 57. Uh, well, I mean, come on. We're, what are we doing by a couple months here? <laughs> no, a whole year. Yeah, so oh, okay. a whole year. Yeah. So good. Okay. And it's funny you brought brought up the TV thing. Uh, my, my son, Heman, has moved out to L.A. after college. You know, we got him his first apartment. We're like, man, this is a, this is a nicer place than we've ever lived. This yeah. is great. This room is great for television. You know, we're like, hey, we should go get your TV. He's like, Dad, you don't realize my generation, we don't watch TV. I'm like, what oh, are you talking about? That's interesting. Yeah. He's like, we watch on our computers, man. We watch yeah, on our yeah, phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I mean, I, I watch your 80 inch TV, but we don't we don't go out yeah. buy TVs. <laughs> and I was like, wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 we do some of that. That's interesting, though. Um, But, but I, you know, I really don't think a lot of people would miss it. I mean, because there is a lot of that. You know, you you have access on computers and that sort of thing. So, I think it's one of one of those habits that you click off. I don't think you miss it as much as people might might think.
0: Right. So we're in the home stretch here. We're rounding third and headed for home. I mean, you're a big Reds fan. Red reference, yeah. I'll use that reference. So, um, I wanted you to be able to tell us kind of what's next for you a little bit. You know, one of my questions for you was going to be, are you living your dream? And I know you are. Um, I know there's new things for you in the future, but I know that you're exactly where you want to be. And that's one of the things I like about what you're doing. So what's new, what's unique or groundbreaking in your practice in 2022? And I'm saying that knowing what you do, but I also want you to give our listeners an idea of what you have been doing. You know, so assume yeah. that the listener does not know you doesn't know Inertia Medical. You know, you mentioned a little bit about what you do with ultrasound, but I mean, you're boarded in ultrasound here in the state of Ohio. You've done all this extra work. You're one of our teachers for our our uh, our courses. So you're not just a guy who's dabbling once a week.
1: Yeah, you know, you you, uh, you mention living the dream, and that's a funny that. that that's always been funny to me because you hear people say he's living the dream or you live in the dream. I'm living my dream. Have you ever dreamed about being a well-respected clinician, having a successful business, great family? You know, I haven't. My dream, I wake up and I say, I just dreamt about a raccoon breakdancing on the back of an elephant painting a picture of George Washington with his trunk, you know, something like that. But, you know, in that regard, you know, dreams can lack clarity and a lot of times be entertaining and sometimes scary and and very often have you saying what the heck was that so in that regard i am living my dream you know but i I think you know that topic that question gets at you know the topic of happiness and contentment and um it's kind of an interesting uh topic in fact because it doesn't always run in parallel to the things that allow you to have a successful business for example because having a successful successful business you kind of get caught in this perpetual um growth cycle now a growth mindset is great but this idea of more and more 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 get you know growing just for the sake of growing and i've never been into that um, you know that's kind of this dopamine driven pathway whereas i think what we're all kind of striving for is this contentment this Serotonin type of pathway, and you know I think every person has to ask them, ask themselves, when is what am I really after, and when is enough enough, and I, you know I've been asking, or you know what am I looking to get from this, and and that's something that I'm always asking of myself uh, and kind of reevaluating, and um, and we're we're running in a path that is just staying true to the to the answers uh, to those questions. And so to get a bit more specific about um, what we do and where we're going, um, I, when I started, it was just, we, we're kind of in this weird building. We have a warehouse where we manufacture our nutritional supplements. We have a private gym. And then I started a, the, the musculoskeletal clinic here. Sometimes I'll you know, call it non-operative orthopedics is primarily the focus. Um, and as part of that, uh, I ultrasound is a mainstay, like I mentioned before, of what I do. I do a lot of minimally invasive procedures really cool things now that are available more technologies moving more uh, less invasive, more restorative or regenerative so I'll do ultrasound guided carpal tunnel releases in the office, um, some restorative procedures like a ton of PRP. We probably do more PRP than most practices in the city, platelet rich plasma, some bone marrow uh, treatments, things like that but for the most part it's just um, we our patient population skews, younger, healthier, uh, more proactive. And that was intentional. And and we have a self-pay clinic. And that was, uh, so the people who are interested in really investing in their health and being compliant are the people that we tend to see. So that's something that really uh, influences the culture, you know, the people that come in and want to be here. And that's kind of a whole different discussion about, I think that that self-pay model is also an important one to help guide medicine in the right direction. People kind of plan for their health, invest in their health more. Um, But so that's what I did to start um, was the non-operative orthopedic stuff. And then my wife is a physician assistant, an aesthetic medicine specialist. She joined the practice. We built that division and we've kind of continued to build different divisions to welcome service providers, offer services that align with this um, concept of whole body wellness, uh, moving towards better, moving towards feeling better, moving towards having more confidence, moving towards better. And so um, we're actually right now, I don't know if you can hear any of the banging in the background, but we have a construction going on, uh renovation going on where we're adding additional provider rooms. And um, we're going to welcome this next year, another person who does what I do, um, another physician who's a health optimization specialist, a physical therapist, some more aesthetic providers, and kind of continue to build out not only vertically, but horizontally. Um, And this year, we're also really taking a step back as we do this next phase of the renovation to look at our mission statement and our branding and the path forward to make sure that we're all, all aligned on that. And Um, The the bottom line is we're interested in providing as much value to our patients and clients as possible. You know, we instead of sending people all over town and kind of knowing what sort of care they're going to get over here and what sort of care they're going to get over there. We want to be experts at what we do and try to bring it all in under one roof. Um, And that's the pathway we're heading.
0: And, you know, culture is key, you know people can tell when your staff appreciates you and how you treat them. And it's your staff. I find I get a lot of credit for things that actually Ellie has done, you yeah, know, so oh yeah. very often it's Ellie and their interaction with Ellie and that's why they like Dr. D. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So a couple more things before we have to run. Sure. Uh Real quick, free speech. I ask this of everybody. Do you have any very quick pearls or positive affirmations for students, uh, whether they're in high school, undergrad, med school, about your journey and, and their aspirations?
1: Um, yeah, I would. Um, the things that come to mind, one is that if, if I'm. I have kind of, I've had like a philosophical tone this whole time. So if I'm so far off the rails and I'm out of sight, just pull me back again. So I stay within arm's reach, (laughs) but you know, so much of the journey is about, um, you know, once I graduate here, once I get in there, once I, once I, and that is so easy to fall into. Um, and so looking back, of course, I'm not sure I would have heeded my own advice, but Um, I wish that I would have been reminded more often that this is it. You know, this is the dance. This is life. It doesn't start when it doesn't start when it's now. And um, so it's really easy to get overwhelmed by the journey ahead, by the uh, admissions committee here and the test there. But um, to try to be in the moment and appreciate where you are. And that's something else that I've tried to do now is that because when you have that mentality, when I become a medical student, when I become a resident, when I get out and practice, it'll all be good. Then you get there and you, you have the same mind composition. And um, so what I try to do now is remind myself that when I have a day that's maybe overwhelming, or uh, just not an ideal optimal day, um, I remind myself, there are so many people that would kill to be in my position. Let me help pull them up and and not perseverate on these things. And so whatever stage you are, it's important to remember that, again, this is it. Try to enjoy the process and not um, just always look down the road.
0: And again, Jeremy, it's so great to have you here. I thank you so much for being here on this podcast. You know, As an older guy, I can tell you, it's been great to see you kind of pull yourself through this You know, as a resident, now as a colleague, and now out here really doing things that are great. I really applaud everything you're doing and the way that you do it. You've always been a guy of integrity and I really appreciate that. Well, um, last thing, how can patients, families, and providers find you?
1: Sure. We have um, Inertia Medical, whether it be uh, online, inertiamedical.com, uh, Instagram, Facebook at Inertia Medical. Um, those are those are going to be the best places.
0: Awesome. All right. Thank you Thanks so much, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Happy to do it. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Feel free to reach out to us at the Woodshed at my email address duplachan, that's D-U-P-L-E-C-H-A-N-M-S-K-U-S at gmail.com, or visit my YouTube channel at Dupleshan Musculoskeletal Ultrasound. Until then, keep burning the midnight lamp.